Hi, this is Mario Andretti. Mark Blundell. Mark Priestley. Claire Cottingham. Ben Edwards. Jamie Chadwick. Mark Gallagher. Freddie Hunt. Bobby Eaton. Craig Scarborough. Alex Brundle. You're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1 podcast. Driven. Driven. Driven, driven by fans. For fans. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. And alongside me from the Everything F1 team today, we do have Manon. Hi, Manon. How are you? Hi, I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm really good. You haven't been on for a little while, but you have been to a Formula One race since the last time you came on. So how how was it? Which one was it? So I went to the Dutch Grand Prix last Mm -hmm. week, which was absolutely insane and very wet. I think I've never been that rained on in my entire life but it was so fun the spirits were high and it was such a good race mm. I mean apart from Daniel's little incident in pre-practice which sort of ruined the day a little bit it was like the the Dutch Grand Prix when you're a Red Bull fan is a hundred percent it's just it's amazing good yeah and I had a fantastic result for Red Bull fans as well so mm-hmm. yeah brilliant well, I'm glad you've had a good time over there in Zandvoort. We've also got Coops alongside us, the, the old hand, as it were. Hi, Coops, how are you? Yeah, I was on eight, you could be old, but... I'll call you old everywhere, you ain't. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, I am pretty much one of the oldest ones in the team, so, yeah, OK, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Uh, not a lot. Uh, I spent the day painting my decking in, like, 30-degree heat, which is not a good thing for a ginger. Uh, <laughs> you you so... should have got a gazebo up or something, <laughs> Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. The heat doesn't like house gingers. So. No, SPF 50 every day, all day. Oh, plaster of paraffin layers. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like... I'm sure you've got a McLaren cab or two that you can wear. Actually, yeah, yeah. I have a white Alpha Tauri one, which would have helped, but I didn't put that on. Uh, yeah, so it's done, and I'm in the house covered in paint, uh, but I've just finished the beer. I've got one more left. So. Nice. <laughs> got a wee tinny waiting for me. Perfect way to end the day in the sunshine. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you very much both for joining me today. We are today just just discussing any kind of news articles that have popped up since the race, which probably haven't been lots, but there's a couple of interesting topics that we've decided that that are well worth a a talk about. So we hope you enjoy it. We are Everything F1. You can find us on all our social platforms. So we're on Facebook, X, YouTube, TikTok, and yeah, that's it. Whatever, everywhere, at JoinEF1. We're also on our shiny website, www.everythingf1.com. And of course, you can check us out on our podcast, which is on every podcast streaming service. Please hit the subscribe, hit the like, and get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. Now, we are sponsored by theraceworks.com, and they're a fantastic merchandise company, and they can provide merch to from the whole paddock, and they can deliver it across the whole globe. So you can get absolutely everything that you want from your favorite team and get it delivered to you wherever you are in the whole world. And if you want an extra 10% off, you can get a 10% discount using the code EF1 at checkout. So do it today. Thank you. Okay, so Coops, what news article that you would you wish to discuss that's popped up since the race? Yeah, there was one I'm going to talk I wanted to talk about, but I'm going to let Manon pick up maybe because I don't think she's overly impressed with it, if it is what I think it is. Oh, uh, okay. So the one that I wanted to just kind of mention 
let's just put it to bed. Everybody has complied with the cost cap this year or for last season. So we're not going to have anything about Red Bull cheating, quote unquote, with their exorbitant catering budget that apparently they had last year. Uh, now, I'm not saying they did. Now, let's not, I'm not, I mean, I know my tone is a wee bit sarcastic from last uh, stuff from last year. But yeah, all 10 teams have been certified uh, as being cost cap compliant for the 2022 season. So we are good to go. Mm. Uh, do you do you find that easy to believe? Is that off the back of last year where it was the first year, obviously there were mistakes made by, was it Aston Martin and Red Bull? Pit penalties were... were I think, were I think Williams was another one. But was Williams, Williams. Williams didn't put their accounts in in time, so it was an admin issue. Right. Aston Martin was something similar. It was more an admin procedural thing. And then, of course, Red Bull didn't meet the the cost cap it was there uh, was it was what a few million down to two hundred thousand I think the the official number was something along the lines of two hundred thousand or something like that to do with once tax release were put in place and it mm-hmm. was just from what it came out from the FIA last year it was more to do with just not understanding of an interpretation of the rules rather than being any kind of malicious behaviour now Hamilton fans and Mercedes fans, and anybody who wants to quote the, excuse my bluntness, shit on my Verstappen, will say it was Red Bull cheating. It was not. If I have said it wasn't cheating, the accountants and the people that were investigating it and making sure there was compliance came out and said, or the FIA really came out and said, it was not any malicious behaviour. It was just they misinterpreted the rule because these cost cap rules are very complicated. There's things that are involved in it, there's things that aren't involved in it, there's things that mm-hmm. might be in it, that might not be in it. I think there was also confusion over long-term sickness for a certain employees and whether that should be in it, shouldn't be in it. So there's a lot of layers to this cost cap. So this year, everybody's been is complied. I don't think there's any fishiness in it, but as we have come to understand and probably a lot of people listen to this, there's, there's a majority or minority, I should say, of Formula One fans who shout very loudly, usually wearing several layers of tinfoil on their head mm-hmm. that will come out and say that there's something not right. And I won't be surprised if they try and point the finger at Red Bull and Verstappen because they're at the front, they're winning everything, so they must be doing something wrong. Same mm-hmm. as Ferrari, when they won everything, it was the Ferrari International Assistance, the FIA, and it was all this. So when Mercedes were winning, Mercedes were getting favours from other things. So. Yeah, and it, well, it's, the, I, I think a distinction needs to be pointed out. It's definitely that was for the 2022 season. So I, I do think that it might be a different story next year because there's been loads of development in season this year for certain teams because they've, they've been wanting to catch up. That could be a, a team that I'm a big fan of, wears orange clothes. It could also be Mercedes. There could, could be several that ha- have tried to push development this year because they're so far behind i think potentially next year year so this season that we're currently undertaking and next year's accounts that they do kind of look into i think there may be some people getting a bit close to that budget cap recoups okay you're, you're liking to find the conspiracy theories for next year and the reason i'm a wee bit more kind of like mm, uh, mclaren who we are fans of except for this demonic they haven't done any upgrade except the one that came at Silverstone. The big yeah, the one they were expecting, to be fair, yeah. Yeah, 
they haven't done anything else because they realised the car was a mess during development. They realised they went the wrong road and they went stop and go back. So they were like, we're going to have to take the hit and that's how they're up at the front now. The reason that I think that it isn't going to be quite as bad, and now I could be at this time next year taking humble pie, having a bit of humble pie and getting a snippet from what I've uh, just said, but Red Bull put something on their car, I think, if I'm right, it was Spa, some new vents or something along the side of their engine, uh, the power unit cover, and I think it was Ted Cabot said that it didn't come off of their budget, their allocation, the, the CAD stuff and things like that and their allocation because the development, because effectively they didn't use CAD so it didn't affect that part of it so if you take that into consideration these teams know how to work around cost caps they know what to do Red Bull don't need to develop that much because why would they McLaren have put all their eggs in one basket I don't see many developing if I saw a team like McLaren or say for example Aston Martin came to came to the start of the season with a car then had like a B-Specs car three races in, then another four races in, then had a C-Spec car. Then yeah, mm. I'd be gone. But the fun, how, how? I don't, I don't off the top of my head think that, excuse me, there's been a team that's done that necessarily. I think there's been... So the only thing I think is Mercedes have, have bought quite a few upgrades this year in terms of a couple of different packages and they've had shift rounds of their, their team and whatnot. They brought James Allison back, for example, and put put another team member in another position. And they've, they ha- I say they've, they've had a complete change of uh, concepts for the car. Uh, and well, so did McLaren. Mm. We're not comparing, we're, we're looking at McLaren and going, yeah, okay, Mercedes, they, they, they stuck with the wrong plan at the start of the season, knowing it could be wrong, and more than likely had a second plan to follow on, which would be underneath the budget cap. They would plan mm. their development around the, the stuff. They've got to plan it more. Unlike years gone by where, oh, it doesn't work, just spend 400 million building a new wing. Yeah. So, no, I don't think they'd be that stupid. Mm. Uh, well, I don't know whether they'd even consider it stupid, really, if if their punishment would be to to be similar to, to what Red Bull had received last punishment year. Punishment, it'll be worse. The FIA have said that the punishment is worse. The first year was lenient for everybody. Mm. And they actually came out and said that this year, everybody's going to get a slightly lesser punishment because it's the first year of the regulations, you're understanding them. From now on, which is 2022 onwards, the punishments will be a lot harsher. Now, if you look at a team like Red Bull, who, because they've developed a car so well, their hit doesn't seem to be taking any problems and they've done what they were supposed to do. They've, they've built themselves a good lead, so a bit like Braun, if everyone catches up with them and their development's not great for the end of this season going into next, they've got, well, the end of this season, they've got a lead that probably isn't going to get caught up on because the team's behind them. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody that close. Mm. Uh, but look at Mercedes, who are playing catch-up as it is. If you then lose 50% of your CAD time when you're catching up, you're fighting the Alpines and potentially the Alpha Tartis at the back of the grid. Then how many more years is that going to take to build up when you've got Aston Martin coming on to a decent package, McLaren coming on to a decent package, Ferrari are eventually finding their way, and Red Bull are already wiping the floor. Mm. They'd be stupid in the medium to long term to think about it. They have to just take the hit over the next couple of years and hope probably 24, 25 that they've got a car that will fight with Red Bull. So I don't mm. think Mercedes will, will be that bad. Manon, can I get your opinion on this whole debate? I, I do agree that there's like so many layers to this when it comes to Red Bull. 
cheating and not being punished hard enough. Yeah, like Coop is saying, their, their loss of development time would have hit harder if they hadn't got it right from the start. So I think nobody sees it because on surface level, they're winning everything. So surely they cheated. Now they have a rocket ship and they have no punishment. But it's, it's, not, it's not because they went, how, how much did you say? 200,000 over the cost cap mm. that they have the RB19. Like it's not, I don't, I know the, 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 the food budget, the catering budget is like the running joke. But I know this is not because they went over the cost cap that they've got the RB19 this year. I don't think it's related. So I think it's just something that people are saying. And I think the teams themselves know enough and are smart enough to not say, well, we're going to go over the cap then since they got away with it. I think it's a risk that is not worth taking for Mercedes or for McLaren. McLaren, they've brought an incredible upgrade, which makes no sense going from a tractor to almost challenging the RB19. You would think they must have done something dodgy, but maybe not. And I think I would be stupid of Zach Brown or Toto Wolf to play that card of, let's see if we can get away with it. Then again, a few months ago, there were rumors that came out that three teams were maybe over the cost cap again, which were Mercedes, Red Bull and Alpine. And suddenly it's completely disappeared and everyone's under. So some people have been talking about how maybe the FIA has just decided to pretend everything's okay because they want to avoid... But it's just, it's always rumors. I was just surprised when it came out. I thought, oh, what about those three teams then? But, yeah, yeah, know. all those all those rumors. Well, I suppose that also makes everyone, it kind of shuts everyone up, doesn't it, as, as well about the, the rumors. R- rumors are only rumors until you hear otherwise. I think it was quite reputable journalists that were saying stuff about it. So, yeah, yeah, like you say, it, has it been swept under the carpet or is it genuinely everyone's under the under the budget cap or whatever? Maybe, maybe they're just allowing for it to, to get the teams just get that little bit closer, but we'll we'll never know. It, it, what, what's good is they're all under the budget cap, as it, as it were, mm-hmm. and hopefully that will quieten down any Max fans versus Lewis fans about all that sort of stuff or, or, or X, Y and Z fans against X, Y and Z fans. Okay, yeah. well, what other articles have you read this week? How about you, Manon? Have you seen an article that's jumped out at you? I mean, I, I thought that could be a, a nice segue into the Hamilton versus Verstappen of it all because I think we wanted to go back to the Hamilton Mercedes comments about the Verstappen's teammates and everything. So I don't know if you guys want to like read those comments because I think Max responded but I think we can connect that to there's been that total quote over the Monza weekend about the Max is breaking the record and Toto saying that those records are just for Wikipedia and have been meaningless so a lot of people have been talking about it thinking well when Mercedes were breaking all records that was a good thing that everyone sort of admired so why why is Mercedes and Toto in particular sort of playing it down a bit? I think even the Sky journalists who tend to be on Mercedes' side, being British, were a bit surprised by sort of that reaction from them. It's mind games, isn't it? It's it's <laughs> let's be honest, when Mercedes were in the in the lead, even Red Bull complained about Mercedes being in lead in the lead, why they're winning every week. It's it's not going to be fun for the fans, blah, 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 blah. When you're not winning, you're, you're going to mm-hmm. complain and, and and make these things because it's it's part of the mind games that you play. You're putting external pressure on the team in different in different ways that you can't do on the track. So yeah, it's all mind games. Lewis fully Lewis loves a record. He's he's fully kind of 
accepted all of the records that he's broken and he's, you know, mm-hmm. said, oh, like, these records, they're not important, but he actually does appreciate those records. And then when he, when he's looking at Max, he must be thinking, geez, he's, he's doing really well. I've got to try and get under his skin a little bit and maybe play the mind games and put pressure on him where I can't on the track. That's that's what I that's what I think anyway. It's just it's it, their mind games that the losing, unfortunately, the losing side as as they are on this at this present moment have to do um, to mm-hmm. try and add pressure where they can't elsewhere. Coops, what do you think about the comments? Uh, well, they are interesting in one respect because Total Wolf and that didn't exactly say that they weren't a big deal when Hamilton was beating them all. Yeah, did he? No. When he was getting all the balls and winning all the races and doing everything, and he's in front of Sky going, it's a great look how fabulous he is. Now that they're not winning anything, it's like, oh, well, they're a bit pointless, aren't they? <laughs> Didn't really like them anyway. Like, really, Toto, come on, Paul. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it's quite, have... it, it looks quite obvious from, from an external point of view. When you, Like I say, I'm not the biggest Mercedes fans. I'm not the biggest Red Bull fans. I'm, I, I'm a, an F1 fan when it comes to those two teams and I just appreciate what they what they were able to do at their time but looking from the outside looking in it does uh, seem very it, hypocritical it is, but... it's a bit, it is a, bit, a bit hypocritical and I said it in Sunday night I think the record thing was brought up Sunday part of me wonders if the total world thing coming out was partly PR the PR machine at Mercedes for all the sponsors mm-hmm. remember to talk about the records just just drop that and be all big in that and don't need to talk about that because, I mean, what record is Hamilton and Russell going to break in that car? I mean, mm-hmm. man, really. The comments between Hamilton and his teammates and Verstappen, there's two ways to look at that. The first one, I read a lot of comments about it. He put something up on our social media about it. I mean, he's responded to a question on Sky Sports F1. Sky Sports F1 are clearly trying to get their wee snapshot because the quote I put up on our socials was the one that they used as well which mm. is very kind of like, and it, it gets the reaction that you want by putting that particular quote on. But Hamilton, he said, he actually, what he said was, it's actually interesting because I was running this morning, I was thinking about this. When I qualified half a second, six times ahead of Valtteri, they didn't say the same thing as they say today. They say today when Max qualifies six times ahead of Sergio Perez, it's blown up much more. Hamilton continued, my personal opinion, Valtteri uh, and actually all of my teammates have been stronger than the teammates that Max had. Jensen, uh, Fernando, George, Valtteri, Nico. I've had so many. These guys have been very consistent and Max has not raced against anyone like that. But then Verstappen replied, maybe Hamilton is just a little bit jealous of my current success. Typical Dutch bluntness. The kind of statement he possibly thinks he's winning something with that, but it makes no difference to me. I think Mercedes have had a very tight, a very hard time dealing with losing after all these years of winning so much. You can keep shouting and screaming that we were, what we did is not that special. You just have to deal with yourself. Yeah, Can't really that, argue with that one. Look, I, I I kind of agree with Max there, but I also kind of agree with the statement that has been made by Lewis as well. It, it's it's really it's a really weird kind of line that I. I, I sit in there because the, the fact is Lewis's teammates were winning more races than Sergio Perez has won this season. Sergio Perez isn't putting the car anywhere near where Max has been putting the car. So is Sergio Perez on the le- same level as the likes of Bottas, the likes of Nico Rosberg, Fernando Alonso as well, and Jensen Button, who Jensen Button during their time scored more points over the over the length of time when he was with him. So he has had stronger teammates or... And then this this is me playing devil's advocate again. Or 
is it that Lewis Hamilton was slightly slightly weaker than Max Verstappen in this circumstance and the teammates are more level because Lewis isn't as good as Max there, there is always that I mean that aspect of it I'm not saying this is the case I'm playing devil's advocate yeah. I'm not I'm not outwardly saying that Max is 100% better than Lewis I'm just trying to to argue both sides as it were how about you Manon what what do you think I think with Lewis, the circumstances of his different teammates are every time very different. So the one I would love to sort of like focus on is to take, because Max has only been like winning like dominantly for two years. Let's count 2021 because that was his first championship. So let's just consider Checo in this instant and maybe take Bottas as a comparison. Because yeah. like Bottas wasn't really challenging Lewis. He was winning when Lewis couldn't for one reason or another. Like, I don't know. I wasn't really around back then. So maybe engine failure or whatever. I think the reason why Max got this record right now is because he's good. He's amazing. He's like unbeatable, but he's also very lucky that he hasn't had any issue, that he hasn't had a bad pit stop that messes mess up his race, that he hasn't had an engine failure, a puncture. Like, for example, Silverstone last year, his race was ruined because he drove over a bit of Alpha Tauri. Nothing that he done wrong, nothing that the team did wrong, just another crash got in his way. That hasn't happened this year. And it's just luck. Like, it's just destiny percentage. Like, it's no one's fault whether it happens or not. It just hasn't happened to him. Or like, I don't know, he, he doesn't need to overtake cars, but he, like, he laps cars a lot. So he's still in traffic sometimes. He could be like caught between a crash. Like even he says, whenever people say, can you have the perfect season? He says, there's no way we could be so lucky to not have one DNF. And he has so far. And so I think a lot of what makes Max have 10 wins in a row is down to luck that maybe Lewis didn't have back in the days. I don't think it's down to skills. It's just maybe Lewis's car was a little bit less reliable or maybe Lewis was at the time well, it was at a time where the Red Bull were insane. So maybe Max's numerous crashes when he was younger caused Lewis to maybe lose tricks at some time. It would be interesting to look at. But mm. yeah, I think as a Max hardcore fan, I think this is 50% down to luck because it's insane to me that he hasn't DNF'd or got crashed into or like, because it would be easy for any team to just be like, take one for the team, take Max out today. Like, do it like smartly but no one has done it like i think the racing is really clean this season actually like first first chicken in monza i was like how has there been no contact like oh my god this is so clean compared to f2 mm. which had five safety cars i think so yeah i think they're all very clean and max is benefiting from that from like no nicolas latifi yeah <laughs> And he's just not being pushed as much either as well. So you don't have to turn the car up. Therefore, you're not going to go through the engines as, qu as quickly. You're going to have more reliability. Obviously, he's out in the in the clean air. All those all those things are playing to his advantage and giving him the luck, as it were. We used to say it about Lewis Hamilton as well. He always put himself in a position where he was there to to take the luck, and that's that's exactly what Max is doing as well. So he is he's he's definitely responsible for it. He yeah. is a great driver, and he is doing. Mm -hmm amazing things this season but as you say he's he's putting the luck in on his side by being as clean as he possibly can yeah he's doing his part perfectly yeah but it's only 50 percent of what we know makes a driver win a race so. mm. or maybe 70 i don't know i'm just but i mean like there's also the team the track the weather and the other drivers like it's not just down to you 
Yeah, and it's a confidence as well. If you if you come mm. off a win, you're you're riding that wave of confidence. If you come off ten wins, you've got you've got a lot of confidence in your team. Yeah. You've got a lot, a lot of confidence in your car, and that in itself makes you drive better. Mm-hmm. And we we talk about Lewis Hamilton being one of these people that never really made mistakes during his dominant years. He never really did, and that's because when you've got that confidence, you've got the confidence to push it harder in mm-hmm. the places where you probably wouldn't do it. Maybe if you were fighting for second third or fourth place in the championship because he had this buffer he would he would he, he would be able to push it a bit push it a bit more in, in certain places and yeah and he trusted his car the the way max absolutely trusts this car he can take it anywhere yeah absolutely do you want to add anything to that coops uh, i mean it's interesting in some respects with regards to teammates and things but you can't really quantify it i mean okay hamilton has raced against Alonso, former champion, Button, former champion. Nico Rosberg beat him one year and then retired because he realised he's never going to do it again. <laughs> but Bottas was never going to be allowed to race him, as it was evident. It was now, it was Hamilton. When Bottas was leading and Hamilton can get first, Bottas shift. Don't care how much porridge you've eaten this morning, but move. So... Yeah, but even, even Bottas was like, I've never raced against anyone so consistent as Lewis Hamilton, so... Yeah, he he um, said himself he, he just he couldn't he couldn't beat Lewis and that's he he openly admitted that he couldn't beat Lewis. But then, what you would want as a number two is you wanted Michael Schumacher to be scared of your number, like Michael Schumacher Barrichello. Mm-hmm. Michael Schumacher said that the person he was most scared of was his teammate Barrichello because he knew he could beat like on his day he can beat me, so mm-hmm. he made sure it was in the contract. <laughs> He's still beating me. Mm-hmm. Whereas Lewis never had that. I think it was at Silverstone when he came out and said he was quite proud of Bottas when Bottas went wheel to wheel with him, going the first few corners and took the lead. Yeah, proud of him because he knows he's like, I, I'll give him that, but I'm beating him later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was never a challenge, uh, but I think in all honesty, see when I see that from like maybe not Hamilton, but Total Wolf came out and I've just read there he made a comment about Verstappen's records are irrelevant. Shut up, Total. <laughs> just deal with your own house. You've got your own shit to deal with. Let's not start that. Like, you didn't say that. You weren't standing behind Hamilton when he took his multitude of records gun. They're irrelevant. How do you feel about Hamilton taking that record? Doesn't make any difference. They're irrelevant. Don't do that then. He's doing it now. Would he say that when ha- if Hamilton done 10 in a row? Like, come on, Total. Like, let's just think, be quiet and move on. I think it's yeah. interesting because out of all the records that Lewis has, or Mercedes has, the nine races in a row was a Red Bull record to begin with. So mm. it's not even that they took something from Toto and he would be yeah. bitter about it. No, it's, it's just, I, it feels like they don't care about a winning streak record. And so asked about it, they're like, it was never something. Because Seb had it before the Mercedes dominance. Mm. And I don't know if it's because Mercedes never had the opportunity or that they didn't care, but they never made it so that like, oh, Lewis, you need 10 in a row, like for glory. No, they say they didn't care about it. Mm. Sorry, maybe he still doesn't care about this specific one. But yeah, the comment about records generally when they were really happy to celebrate the 104th ball a month ago. It's like, mm. guys, come on. <laughs> but yeah. I think if, if Hamilton was on nine wins and was going for these 10 during their domination, Total Wolf would care about it. The <laughs> fact that they were never really close to getting that yeah, I think is why they're like, ah, oh, we don't care. Mm. But if you had the opportunity to get your ten in a row, pal, you would care. It would be all mm-hmm. over your socials. We know what your social media is like. We know what you're like because you've done it with all the other ones. When it came to what is it? He, he was a, a, a one pole away from winning the record 
that's all they they spoke about. Mm. It was all over the socials, but Toto spoke about. So mm. no, if he had the opportunity, he would talk about it, and he would be bumming it up and thinking it was amazing. So yeah, there's there's very much hypocrisy in there from Toto, and I think in all honesty, with the way that Mercedes have been the last couple of years, I think he needs to shut up and deal with his own house. And I'm not a Verstappen fan. I'm not a Red Bull fan. For anybody that thinks I'm a hater and blah blah blah. Uh, I would say it if it was Red Bull Horner saying it to Total Will for any other, like, just deal with your own house. Leave them to have their fun. They're going to win records. Verstappen's probably going to take a few records off of Hamilton if he continues in this trend over the next few years. And that's just how the, that's just how records in Formula One works. Records uh, are made to be broken. Michael Schumacher said that. Uh, so they'll be broken and they'll get broken more and more because the guys are coming in younger, they're staying longer and there's more races. So mm-hmm. just move on. You had your day in the sun. Allow Verstappen and Red Bull to enjoy their thing. Yeah, and total respect to to Verstappen from 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 me. And as I say, I'm not I'm not a Max Verstappen fan fanboy, as it were, you by any stretch of the imagination. Disclaimer: Every time you say something, nice. <laughs> <laughs> total respect for him. He's 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 driving unbelievably at the moment, untouchable, yeah. and absolutely deserves all the plaudits that he gets. Okay, any other news articles that you wish to talk about, Coops? Well, the one that I think was quite interesting, the minute I read it, I thought, oh, that'll be interesting. Well, it's twofold. Sergio Perez has made a comment. Now, Manon might be able to correct me, but he made a comment that he's only willing to stay at Red Bull if he's in an environment that allows him to contribute. So very kind of like, oh, that's a bit kind of, oh, what's going on here? Are you just getting shunned because he's winning everything? Drive the car better. You've been given the tools. Use them better. But anyway. Getting the tools. That's the that is is that a slide D? Oh, put the put. But you put the hat away. Stop I've got to ha- play devil's advocate. I've got to play. No, you don't. No, you don't. Stop being Switzerland. It. Shut up. Stop being Switzerland. <laughs> and listen, right? Sergio Perez is the RB19. Regardless of whether that's the day for Max Verstappen, any good driver can adapt. And he's making mistakes. He made mistakes like putting a wheel on the grass. It's not the car's design. That's him not driving it right. He's not driving the car the way it's designed to be driven. Regardless of who who it's designed for right so no he needs to take a lot of responsibility for the fact that he is not performing the way he should be so anyway so it could be interesting about where he goes but the part that made me quite interesting was that apparently Norris has came out and said that he'd be open to partnering Verstappen in the future apparently there was conversations with Red Bull before he extended his previous contract and he decided to stick with McLaren and what I read as well was he did consider about leaving McLaren when McLaren weren't quite performing, but now mm. they've kind of they've they've actually kind of upped their game. They're making some changes behind the scenes with a wind tunnel coming out. They've got they've made some really good hires in the kind of technical departments. So he's kind of believing that they'll be up to challenge Red Bull in the next few years. But he did say he would be open. Now, right. but I'm I'm going to make play devil's advocate there as well, also. Because you, because you you have to look at look at different ways of looking at that argument. If he's in an interview and he says, "Would you be willing to partner Max Verstappen in the future?" and you say, "Well, no, I wouldn't be willing to to partner Max Verstappen." What is that saying? You're 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 giving away basically any kind of confidence in your in your own ability. You're giving away that kind of point to Max. You're saying, "Well, no, he's better than me, so I, why would I be in the same team as him?" So it, of course, in put in an interview with. A question such as, would you be willing to partner Max Verstappen in the future? You're going to say, yes, of course I would. 
doesn't necessarily mean you will you, you'd want that because would you want to be in the team that favors max over you would you want to be in a team that maybe receives upgrades later than the the, the star driver that the car is designed to the his driving style maybe not your your not your driving style yes you're a good driver and you can adapt blah 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 but it's not specifically designed for you of course you're still going to say yes because you know it's it's a mind game it, it's all it, even though they're friendly it's the still this mind game and attitude that you've got to try and uh, you've got to try and push forward. You've got to give this kind of a slight ego, as it were, in them into the media. Now you both got your ra- hands raised. I'm going to go to Manon first. What do you think about the comments that I've made, the comments that Coop's made, and of course the comments it's that Norris has uh, made. So you, you read things all the time. You read quotes. You read everything. And I think I've mentioned before that my favorite sources are the video interview, and I've seen yet another interview of Lando being asked that question, would you want to be teammate with Max? And he said something that I thought was interesting. He said, well, if one day Max is tired of winning and wants to come to McLaren, then yes. And I know it was a bit tongue in cheek, but I thought it was interesting because it meant that Lando said yes, because he gets along with Max, but there's that sort of like hint that, oh, if he comes to my team and Mm -hmm. if he doesn't really care about winning anymore, because I think Lando has tasted the, driver number one role and he wouldn't sort of like give it up now and the rb19 is like tempting because winning is tempting especially for lando who still hasn't won but i think right now with lando is saying that the mclaren can challenge max he's just waiting for max to make a mistake he knows he's right there on pace in zenvord he was sort of like four tens away from paul like he believes in his car so i don't think in correlation with, because Helmut Marko came out today as well in in a quote that like they look they were looking at Lando. Lando is a good driver. I don't think now, if Perez were to look elsewhere to contribute next year, I don't think Lando would leave McLaren now for Red Bull. I think objectively, regardless of how I feel about Lando to Red Bull, I think Lando joining Red Bull a year before Max retires or go to other series, like at the end of his contract, would be his best bet. Because I think Lando being number two to Max would just destroy the way he drives and the way he thinks because Lando likes having the team on his back. Lando likes whining about, oh, I'm quicker than my team may do something. Lando likes an undercut. And I think Red Bull would be a nasty wake-up call. And so he's comfortable at McLaren. McLaren are delivering. Like, it's just a conversation that comes up every two weeks under to Red Bull. But I really don't see why right now it would be something he's considering. Yeah, and as I say, I don't, I don't think he would want to partner him, realistically either. But Coops has got an opinion. What, what is that opinion, Coops? Hey, I think if Lando was to go to Red Bull, it's not exactly shown that he wants to be number one because if you go to Red Bull right now, you ain't number one. Mm. Exactly, it's just not going to happen. Now he did say, and I mean, as you were right in saying, he was asked, "Would you ever want to partner?" Big teammates with Verstappen. Well, who's not? Who's going to say no? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe Alonso. Like, but why would he <laughs> want to be? Yes, I mean, he's at the twilight of his career. Got a couple of years left. He's like good driver, but I'm happy with am Kind of political answer. But Norris admits what he said. It'd be great to work alongside someone like that, and at the same time, see where I can stand against them. I'd be open to it. I've I've invited him to McLaren the other day, so if he wants to come anytime, he's very welcome. Mm. Uh, so it's slightly tongue-in-cheek, but I, I do like what he's basically saying is, I put me in the same machine as, but I want to see how close I am to him. I want to see if I can beat him in the right machinery. But if he was to go there to 
Verstappen's house, as it were. To me, that's like there's a lack of ambition in that one. He's a young driver. He's a very well-respected driver. Potentially could be over the last couple of years. He's shown glimpses that if you get your shit together, you could be potentially world championship material if you get things together and things fall for him. So if he was to go to partner Verstappen, nah, that would just be like, all right, you're just going to be the number two. That's fine. Yeah. So it's quite a, the, the probably the more the more interesting comment was Perez. Yeah, he's been relatively quiet in terms of everything going on at Red Bull. Yeah, well, when he talks about himself, you know, I made a mistake, he sort myself out, I'll get better, whatever it is. Now he's suddenly going, the team's no help with me. That's basically what he's saying. The it team's all about Verstappen. It's very open yeah. and very point the finger at Red Bull. Like mm-hmm. again, like Perez needs to realise a bit like what I said about Total Wolf. You need to get your own shit together. Let's not talk about Red Bull because look at the way you're driving, look at the way Verstappen's driving, and you're complaining that they're focusing on Verstappen. Come on, really? Like, I mean, we don't know what's going on back then. Maybe he has been getting shunned, maybe every opinion he's coming forward with they're ignoring. Maybe he just feels alienated a wee bit. I don't know, but it's very out of character. Yeah, it, it feels really PR-y to me, almost as if it's sort of like taking the narrative back a little because Christian Horner and Almut Marco, they've all, I mean, Almut Marco has always sort of been critical of him, but they've all insisted, yeah, we've got a driver lineup for the future. We're happy with them. And so they're not giving anything, but Sergio Perez coming out and sort of being the first one to say, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do my entire contract or I don't know if I will want an extension as if like it's his decision mm. and I think ultimately if we have a 180 in two months time and Red Bull is like oh actually next year we're changing our lineup Perez has sort of like set the foundation of well I've already looked elsewhere like this is my choice to I've started thinking oh, where could he go and I was thinking if Lomstro goes to play tennis or whatever I was thinking oh would it be like a nice Perez back to Aston Martin for Cynthia, his roots. Would it be like a nice story if Aston Martin managed to keep developing and still stay in the high half of the constructor standings? And I was thinking about that. And I think it could be a nice story looking at his career. And I think it's... He's got a lot of friends there. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but at least if it happens, he looks less like he's got fired. He looks a bit more like, well, technically that was a bit of my decision. And so I think maybe he's got a, a really good PR advisor that was like, oh, because he, he said that to a Daz in Spain, I think. I, I couldn't find the OG OG source because obviously I've only re- read the translation, but it was an interview in Spanish. So it's sort of like like the Nick DeVries was sort of leaked to the Dutch press. It's a bit like Paris team talking to the Spanish slash Mexican press to sort of like set a foundation for something. So I think there's a lot of things you can conclude from it but I just think it's interesting that he's doing it regardless of my opinion on what it means it's just it's interesting because yeah they, a, lot of, all... a lot of PR isn't it I I, yeah. I think a lot of what we've spoken about today is all PR mm-hmm. uh, and all kind of pressure and different different things really but yeah I I think some I think a team would be any team would be happy to have the experience that Sergio Perez brings uh, mm-hmm. anyway so he's, he's a great driver I, I don't think he's in the same league as Max Verstappen, which has been proven, but a team would be that they'd be doing a good thing to have someone like Sergio Perez on their side because he's he's fairly good and he get, gets what he can 
of a car and he has historically done well in lesser teams i.e the uh, the racing point team and whatnot mm-hmm. i think is there any other articles that, oh you there, there's a rosenquist one isn't there uh, coops that you wanted to, to chat about he's going to Meyer shank racing next year so he's leaving the mclaren uh and heading over to a multi-year deal over mm-hmm. at Meyer shank mclaren haven't announced who they're bringing in it was supposed to be Alex Below. We've covered that. That's not happening now, Alex. But Alex Below has now won the IndyCar Championship and he's mm. staying with uh, Ganassi. So that's happening. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on the socials to see who end up taking over. I think, they, I think he raced for McLaren for three years, I think, all in all. So that was an interesting one. I didn't realise that he was heading out the door. I don't think he was quite as good performance-wise as McLaren would expect him. Uh, interestingly speaking about IndyCar um, will not be racing for Andretti next year he's had a pretty horrible season to be honest and he's not got many options no he's uh, been doing many Grosjean things of late yeah, over this year he's been punting people off hitting the wall start of the season it would have been different because at the start of the season he was odds on to win and somebody punted him I think it was McLaughlin I'm, I might be wrong but he was pretty much set to win it and he got punted into the tyres and out of the race so I mean the conversation might be different if he won that but yeah he's certainly not having a good season at the moment I'm trying to think there's other ones Carlos Sainz after his great weekend oh yeah mugged. that's true yeah he got mugged or attempted mugging that was, was all over the mm-hmm. social all over the socials and the the uh, guilty part guilty party had been apprehended in the I think it was 230,000 euros worth of belongings i don't know what that was um it was, have a been. It was, a watch. was it another watch yeah it was one watch, oh, watch. yeah was a watch. they're in the crowd of signing it's just like their wrists are so vulnerable and professional pickpocket yeah uh, it was a tiny piece of richard mealy worth around five hundred thousand pounds was recovered after the driver managed to catch the criminals the police were reported to have arrested two suspects uh so there was there was a lot of videos on the socials they looked pretty kind of stressed, but who wouldn't be? He came out there and said, as many of you already know, yesterday we experienced an unfortunate incident in Milano. The most important thing is that we're all okay. This will only remain as an unpleasant anecdote. Many thanks to the people who helped us yesterday to the Milan police for the quick intervention, and thank you for all your messages. So, as you say, the two suspects have been arrested. The watch has been returned to the rightful owner and probably put in a box, never to be worn again. But yeah, pretty unpleasant considering how great a weekend they had. But it's happened to a few drivers. I think Lando Norris mm-hmm. got it outside Wembley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's been a few things. Uh, so pretty unpleasant, but you know, no, not not the end I... of the world, I suppose, from what Carlos is saying uh, for him. And I don't mean to downplay that. Pretty not a nice experience, but he's saying, look, it's dealt with. We've got the guy. He's got the watch back. I'm away from the holidays. I've seen in a couple of weeks. So, <laughs> yeah. So that, that that's about it. As far as I can see, we've got there's not much else happening in terms of news. Manon, yeah. anything that you want to talk about? Not really. I've I've read some journalists came out and said that Daniel would be out until Qatar, but who knows? It will happen when it happens. I I'm happy for Liam that he gets an amazing opportunity to to prove himself in a way that. Nick didn't really get because Nick mm. did one race, did well, and it didn't work out. So testing different different circuit and especially Singapore, which is like, you know, every driver said that rating in Singapore is its own little hell of an experience. So yeah. it's great that he gets to do that specific training as well. And so, 
yeah, I mean, he's a he's a nice guy. I was I was rooting for him to, if anything, be okay uh, in Zenvoort because those conditions were a bit scary, and I just. I felt a bit like a protective like mother. I felt like, Ian, don't take any risks. Don't race Max. Just let it go. And so, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Yeah, and he's, he's doing an okay, okay job after you know, his, his weekend in Italy. Uh, you know, he's, and he's hopefully proving that he's potentially a race seat, a, a person that deserves a race seat in Formula One. Well, I think maybe that's why Perez is maybe getting a bit iffy because Lawson beat his teammate in his first race. Well, it was his first race, wasn't it, when he beat Sonoda at the Dutch Grand Prix? And then he's, I mean, he's been pretty competent in the two races he's done. Now he's going to Singapore, then he's going to probably get Japan, probably mm-hmm. the most, the two most difficult technical circuits of the season. Yeah. And if he performs relatively well there and he stays within a couple of tenths of Sonoda and potentially beats him, that's, he's asking, he's, caught, he's forcing Red Bull to ask some serious questions mm. because... Where do you put him? Ricardo's not staying in Alpha Tauri for another year. I mean, well, saying that, I might actually contradict myself because now that he's done that with his hand, he might because he's not going to go into Red Bull now missing these three races because Perez isn't that bad. I mean, he's not doing the Nick degrees so where they have to get him out the door. I really don't know what the plan with Daniel is for next year because I, don't know either. I can't see him take another year off after doing half a season or less now in Alpha Tauri. So he's either doing an extra year in Afatari based on the whole uh, new sponsor. Oh, I think it's been confirmed today, actually, that Hugo Boss is going to be our Afatari news sponsor and that they're going to be yeah. called Hugo Boss Bulls Racing, something that... What a rubbish I name. will need to get used to it because HBBR, like, it's just... But maybe it's part of the package. Like, we're putting a big name like Daniel because we can't deny his marketability. Hmm. So maybe that's the plan for next year. But then with the Liam of it all, what do you do? And there's Honda leaving. Is Yuki's seat as safe as we think? Is Daniel's seat? I, I don't know. Talking about Daniel's seat at AlphaTauri being safe is a bit of a mind because it's almost as if he was doing them a favor in the first place. So mm. there's just those weird musical chairs that are a bit unclear. And now Checo is talking about 2024 not being a guarantee. So it's just, it's really all, it's playing up, but it's hard to sort of grasp. And I think Liam has sort of thrown a, a new spanner in the works. Yeah. yeah. But I, I want to correct that. I think Liam only beat Yuki in Zenvoort because of Yuki's penalty. And then Yuki didn't drive in Monza. But so Yuki had qualified Leah both times, and I don't think the race can really be compared. So let's let's wait for Singapore and Japan, I think, to really compare them on, on race space. I think that would be more fair for Yuki because I think his penalty in Zenvolt was really unfair because it was given post-race when the, um, the the penalty, I mean, what he did wrong happened really early on. But so they could have done it during a pit stop or given him the time to catch up, but they didn't. So it just ruined his race, which was a bit of a bummer. So yeah, I know it's I'm I'm really picky about situation, but that's what you learn when you root for Daniel McLaren. But yeah, I'm just to give you a bit more time to like adjust to Liam. Yeah, of course. And and we'll be able to comment on that. And I'm sure it's a conversation that will be had at many points throughout this the rest mm-hmm. of the season. Maybe we'll we'll see a Yuki being dropped for Liam and, and having Liam and Danny next to each other next year. Mm-hmm. Maybe Yuki will go off to another team himself. There's that there's those rumors floating around the paddock as well. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you'll just stay in the, in that in that position and Daniel will go to Red Bull. There's just so many different permutations so many different. of of mm-hmm. of things that are gonna happen in all it's all it's just speculation at this moment. Um mm-hmm. 
there's nobody knows. I don't even think Helmut Marco's made up his mind yet. Oh, yeah. Helmut Marco's made up his mind. He'll just change it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. The driver will come in with a haircut he doesn't like. Don't let you get it. So, <laughs> but the, the other interesting factor into all this is I think there may be a conversation with Williams over the second seat. We had this discussion on Sunday. Sergeant's mm. not exactly set the world alight. Mm. He's pretty crap. He's not James Will's guy. Uh, he was hired before James came in. And he's made a conversation. I think Sean said this in the Sunday Night Podcast, that he said that James Wells is very much a performance-type guy. He tells Logan Sargent, I want you to do this. If you don't do it, I'm not happy. Mm. And, of course, getting yourself into Q3, then being in your first fast lap at Zandvoort, it's not good. And so, he, he also, on the run-up to, uh, I think it was on the run-up to Zandvoort, he said something along the lines of, this sport doesn't, it doesn't work. It, it's not the, the pay driver structure anymore. That doesn't work in this in this sport. Need it. So not, not with the cost cap either. It's mm. not required. Mm. So I, I think there may be conversations about Liam Lawson and volumes as well, yeah. uh, potentially. I think Liam is a good... I think it's it's similar to the football analogy. Like, uh, I've never done them before on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> when a football manager has that, it's the good problem because he has so many good players that are fit and where do you put them in a team? You've only allowed 11 players in a team, so where do you put these 13 players that are all really good? Red Bull have looked into a situation where Liam Lawson seems to be particularly competent, a lot more competent now that we've seen him a bit more. And if you've managed, if you've managed to finish Zandvoort with the conditions that we're in, and yes, okay, Yuki got a penalty, but he was close enough to Yuki to pass Yuki. And after the penalty, he wasn't like 17 seconds behind everybody. He did exactly what they were. He was probably told, look, you've had one free practice, just get the car to the finish. Yeah, mm. just That's it. Just yeah. finish the race. We'll look at it. We'll sort it out. Don't worry about anything else. Don't take any stupid risks. And you beat people, and you beat mm-hmm. them on merit because there was everybody had to deal with those the, the situations out there. So, and then of course, as far as I'm aware, there was that much going on in Monza. I can't remember where he finished, but I don't think there was. There's times when I watch qualifying and free practice that oh, he's all over the ship. He's kind of fitted there mm-hmm. and just got on with it. He so, doesn't. It doesn't seem out of place on this group. No, exactly. You don't, so you don't look at it and think, "Oh, yeah, that kid is a stand-in. Like he's, he's and, and, and he's leading Super Formula, which is notoriously difficult to do well in. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very competitive and a very hard series. Mm. So you've got Liam Lawson in there. You've got Ricardo, who Red Bull love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like Red Bull aren't overly fussed about Sonoda, especially now that the. The Honda situation isn't quite as entrenched. So, I think Fontos uh, came out to say that Yuki's seat was pretty much confirmed, but France is well, leaving, so mm-hmm. anything can happen. What I love, though, I like the Williams idea because I think Red Bull would love to loan Liam to Williams the way they loan Albon to them and sort of yep. have that little, like, oh, Williams is only good because we gave them our drivers. Like, I think, <laughs> I think Red Bull's pride would be a bit like, okay, you're like a Mercedes engine team, but... You're only good because we give you our drivers. Because Alex is killing it at Williams. I'm, I'm rooting so hard for that. It's so nice and, to see. And the good thing is now Alex is not really connected to Red Bull and Williams anymore. He was the first no. season, but these yeah, contracts, it's him. So, yeah, the Red Bull driver market, outside of Max, it'll be interesting what they do and how they do it. Alpha Tauri is changing to Hugo Boss. They're getting their first new team principal, which is a Ferrari guy, and I keep forgetting his name, Uh I would I would not be surprised. Now, this is a weird thing. I would not be surprised if they changed both the drivers. And I wouldn't be surprised if they kept both the drivers and put Liam Lawson somewhere else. Yeah. And it's that one where I'm like, oh, yeah. Because the kind of... Yeah, because the biggest thing, I think, in the off-season 
as if they put Liam Lawson and keeps in order and then Perez confirms to stay at Red Bull, what do you do with Ricardo? Mm-hmm. Mm. Ricardo's in a very weird situation now. Like, even without his hand injury, like, what do you do with him? Where does he go? Uh, I think it's even worse now that Liam's come in and done well. Yeah. Uh, so he's Puts only more got... pressure on, on Danny when he does get, get better, that's for sure. When Danny comes back, you'll have, what, Qatar... Las Vegas, Austin, well, Austin. Austin. So you'll have like what five, maybe six races at a push, mm-hmm. and to really yeah. show that he's the Danny Ricardo of the past, he should have been wiping the floor with Sonoda, and he wasn't doing it even before he had his accident. So Danny's in a, it's a weird one for Danny. I think it'll be interesting to see how this all works out. Uh, up until he had his, how was that? Six. Uh, and that's if he comes back, because uh, from what I heard, normal people like us, normal laymen, if we break the meta carpool, it could be six to twelve weeks. Whereas Formula One drivers try to jump back in the car in a couple, like a mate, come on. Anyway, <laughs> it's a strange one, but they've got special doctors that can do special things. Look at look well, at Lance Stroll. He was he only missed one race, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. it's uh, Stroll's doctor that he's, he's, he's a wizard or something. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Red Bulls have plans. I think the the fact that they repeated over and over again that Daniel's on loan to Alfatari, I think it was almost like I don't know. I don't think they put Daniel in this seat necessarily to like prove himself. I think it was more of a, a putting pressure on Perez or like all those things. And I think the fact that they're not rushing him back in the seat as well proved that they're not worried. That mm. Daniel's not necessarily worried, but it's all speculation. Maybe it's me being delusional because I can't have that stupid McLaren in the wall ruin Daniel's career. Like I will cause damage. <laughs> but, <laughs> Danny Ricardo ruined his own career. Not no. not uh, not Piastri. <laughs> no, no, you two. Piastri, the McLaren car. It's all oh, <laughs> just you see your hate for McLaren. It's just. <laughs> Making you just irrational here. <laughs> now, if Danny Ricardo didn't go to... I don't want to hate on Oscar. It's not his fault, but he happened to be in this car. <laughs> yeah, so so it's not McLaren's fault either. So let's not go in McLaren then. If Ricardo hadn't bothered to leave Red Bull because he took the huff and went to Renault and didn't really perform, then moved to McLaren and then again, surprise, surprise, didn't perform. We wouldn't be having these conversations. <laughs> well, so, I mean, it's some it's a conversation I have a lot when I think Red Bull only started winning in 2021. Even if you hadn't let, left in 2018, what would like four more years of Max and Daniel together would have done for any of them? Like he would have left the year after or the year after, because like in hindsight, you're like, oh, if he'd still been there, but he wouldn't have. You can't, because he, he joined Red Bull, the Red Bull family in what, 20, 2012, 2013? I mean, Red Bull Racing in 2014. You mm. expect him to do seven years of being P3, P2 in Constructors' Championship with a car that sort of failed him more times than he failed it. I, I get why he thought, I can do better elsewhere. And in inside, it's so easy to say why well, he couldn't. And now he's back. So clearly he agrees with you. But I don't think saying six years at a team just waiting for maybe one day they'll, you know. They'll I mean, it, it, it's not necessarily me saying that he should stay with stay Red Bull, but he made, he's not exactly made the best decision for his way. At the time when he made those decisions, he didn't do it on purpose. But that's it. It's, it's, it's the glory of hindsight. And it like, look at Alonso's career, could have won a lot more if he had made the decisions at the right time. It is all hindsight, but you can't 
we can't blame anyone else but the decision no. makers at the time. Oh, He's I only made that decision. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you're not going to blame McLaren because you're just being silly. So it's yeah. it is what it is. They've all made they've all made their decisions and and unfortunately for Danny Ricardo, essentially for Bill, they've all been very wrong. So if he ends up not getting another drive in the in a Formula One car, he's only got himself to blame, and not Piastri in a Dutch one. <laughs> no, what <laughs> I mean is that there's always that thing where, like, when someone makes a decision, and that's why I said Ferrari strategies that when you take a gamble, if it works, oh my god, you're a genius! What a genius car move! What a genius strategy not to pit them twice! But if it doesn't work, then suddenly it's like, oh my God, like the team is the worst. The strategies are the worst. Daniel's decision-making process is horrible. And the truth is you never know because like circumstances are heavy. It's not just down to one driver, one decision. Oh no, it's it's, it's all about circumstance. You look at yeah. when Hamilton left McLaren and went to Mercedes and went, what the hell are you doing? I mean, for goodness sake. And now look, look what you did with Mercedes. So yeah. he looks like a genius. And mm-hmm. it was a chance. He took it because Lauda came to him and had a chat and he kind of believed in it. And Okay, I mean, but the thing you got to think, though. Cyril, uh, that's what Cyril Abidbull did to Daniel. It just did uh, Danny Ricardo probably couldn't understand Cyril Abidbull. Wow, are you being, like, anti-French right now? I, on that note... I think we've had a a long enough discussion. This has been the uh, midweek podcast for Everything F1. Thank you very much for tuning in. We are on our socials every single day, so you can join us on there, adding comments to any of our posts, any of our articles. Please take give them a read. Head over to our website, www.everythingf1.com. And of course, enjoy all of our podcast content as well. Thank you very much for tuning in. Please visit our sponsor if you are out to get any merchandise for yourself the raceworks.com and you can get 10% off their whole site using the discount code EF1 at checkout all that's left for me to say is next week we're going to be previewing the Singapore Grand Prix so join us there on Tuesday night on Facebook and of course Wednesday morning on the podcast streaming networks thank you very much to Coops and Manon for joining me today thank you folks thank you Uh, and we'll speak to you next week bye 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 bye